is up everybody and welcome back to the whole measure my name is ethan i'm your host i'm happy that you guys are here um cinco de mayo guys it's cinco de mayo uh i i'm gonna be totally honest that it was just last year that my wife told me that cinco de mayo in i think it's spanish or something means the fifth of may or may 5th or something i had no clue no clue and so i was just like so what day is cinco de mayo on this year um it's always on may 5th guys so i didn't know that don't make fun of me okay i actually asked this year again too so just let let that be off the record okay so let's get into the podcast guys first of all i want to thank you for being here i want to thank you for coming and checking out the fourth episode of the whole measure. I am happy to see where God is moving in this. Um, this was actually kind of a hard episode to figure out where I wanted to go with it. I, I this is not the pot. This is not the episode that I wanted to do. Um, I had an episode planned out, tried and tried and tried to uh, figure out the outline, and it just wasn't coming together. But you know what? I feel like sometimes uh, God works in our life in a specific way that. He tells us, hey, guess what? That's not what I want you to do. And then we continue to try to do it, but God keeps saying, nope, nope, nope. And and he continues to make it look like garbage almost. So, and, and that's, kind of, that's kind of what it happened to me. I was, I was trying and I was trying and I was trying, but it just didn't come together the way I wanted it to. So I'm going to save that episode for a later time. And I'm going to do this one instead. And I think it's an important episode. Um, I think it's an important episode. I know it's an important episode. And I thought it's a cool day to do it on because, I mean, Cinco de Mayo is kind of a special day for a lot of people. So I I, I don't even know the meaning behind Cinco de Mayo. If there's, I, I just know everybody's happy on Cinco de Mayo, it seems like. So, hey, I thought I'd do this episode. This episode is going to revolve around my testimony, and I felt God calling me to do, to, to do this episode on my testimony. Um, we're going to call it, uh, maybe, maybe we'll do this thing. I, I had this idea. We'll do Tuesday testimonial or testimonial Tuesday or testimony Tuesday, whatever. So maybe every Tuesday, not every Tuesday, but every other Tuesday, we'll have a testimony of somebody else. You know, we already had Eric Neitzel's uh testimony on this podcast and what a blessing that was but what god was telling me to do is like hey listen i i know you want to do the whole measure and the meaning behind the name is is ephesians chapter 4 verses roughly uh 11 through 15 uh or 16 16 so it says so christ himself gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of fullness of the fullness of Christ. There's the, full, the whole measure, which we're talking about here. Then 14 through 16 say, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves 
and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That is that is the essence of this channel. That is the essence of the title, The Whole Measure. And the reason I titled it The Whole Measure is, is not blasphemy. I'm not saying that I have the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I'm saying that my work here in this podcast is to help us come together in unity. And that's exactly spoken in verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love. That is what I'm trying to do in this podcast. That's what I'm setting out to do, speaking the truth in love. And and what God laid upon me telling me, "Hey, guess what? You know, you're on this is your fourth episode now. I think it's uh I think you should probably start taking it serious." And, you know, while you're you're doing all these experiences, that's great. But I think people need to know the truth about your life, uh, your story. And I was planning on doing it, but I, I guess I wasn't planning on doing it this early. But I think it is the right thing, I think. It doesn't matter what I think. God's telling me to do it, so I got to do it. Um, just like a friend posted the other day. Uh, when God tells you to do something, you have to say, yes, sir, I will do that for you. Thank you. God bless. You know, we, we have to listen to God. <laughs> it's the only way. When we follow him, that is the way to follow him. When he tells us to do something, we got to do it. And there's some times that we don't. But like I said before, he will tell you over and over again, just like Jonah, that uh, you're going the wrong way. And I will make you, I will reroute you. If, if you're following me, I will reroute you. So, let us get into my testimony. I, uh, I remember when I was younger, I didn't, uh, from, from my recollection of, of memories, I don't remember going to church until I met uh, one of my best friends, Gerald Gulick. Um, he... he invited me to church in Parkside Assembly of God in St. Louis, Michigan, not Missouri. Uh, he invited me to that church, and that's when I started kind of going to youth group and stuff. And it was it was really cool because it, it kind of enlightened me a little bit. It, they, were, they were teaching me, Gerald or Jerry, as I always called him when I was younger, and, and his family really kind of surrounded me in that and kind of led me in the path. And I, I remember my parents kind of kind of going along with them as well. My parents, Lori and Daryl, had uh, Lori Newenfeld actually now being remarried. Um, but that was that was one of those situations where that was the first memory I have of being introduced to church. I wasn't really, I I was I wasn't baptized as far as I know. I I wasn't baptized at a young age, like as a child, as an infant, I, th- that wasn't me. And 
going forward, I was I was happy. I was so thankful. I, even looking back, I am thankful that I had that relationship with my best friend, that he felt comfortable inviting me to church. Um, it, it was really awesome, and it inspired me to grow and continue to grow. But I think where my faith journey really starts um, was probably when I was 11 years old, which was just after um, 9-11-2001, when when the uh, attacks on the two towers, the twin towers happened. I I actually had to ask my mother about this because I I couldn't remember when when we started attending church going every Sunday, I should say, uh, weekly. I had to ask her about that. And that's that's what she reminded me, that it was at that traumatic event that really encouraged us to start going to church weekly. And we found Porter Free Methodist. So that's where my story starts. So I'm going to start there. I have it written down here, so I'm going to go through it with you guys. So I was 11 years old when we found a church only five minutes from our house. It was Porter Free Methodist, which came to be our home church. My faith seemed to blow up immediately at Porter Free Methodist. And I remember getting connected with my pastor, Rick Secord at the time, and asking the questions, asking him to show me God's truth. And that he did. He walked alongside me, taught me God's word, and mentored me in my walk of faith. And it wasn't just him who came alongside me, but the complete church became a family to me. After some time with the church, I decided to commit my life to God through baptism. I remember going under the water and coming out of it like it was yesterday, but I soon found that this path that I chose to take was not as simple as speaking a statement and getting dipped into a bathtub. In my youth, I struggled greatly with a de- with a device that continues to sometimes reign over my life. Um, I, I, I first saw a pornographic image at the age of eight years old. Uh, I, I remember images and videos coming into my life at an accelerated rate as I got older. Uh, one thing that really made it worse was that the two main sources I was receiving these images from were within my own home and my best friend's home. Now, I do want to emphasize that I don't I don't blame uh, the the people who were responsible for holding those images in the home. I don't blame them because they were dealing with the same thing I was dealing with uh, that I'm dealing with now. Okay, everybody. It, it, it started for everybody sometime. I want to I wanna emphasize that por- porn- pornography is one of those serious topics that a lot of people don't discuss. It, it seems like one of those topics that we don't go there. We don't go there. Hold on. You know, it, it's very touchy. It's and, and, you know, it seems like that's right, but it shouldn't be because this is a very, very severe um, problem in the world today and it I think it has been for a long time and there there are many young men and older men and middle-aged men whatever um, that struggle with this and there are so many uh, women too I, I I should not not include I should not disclude 
um, women because women struggle with this too. And I, I, what, what's amazing is when young men and women get, I, I guess, addicted to this and it becomes such a habitual response to stress and boredom that they just go to it willy-nilly like they don't they, they don't see anything wrong with it they just go to it it's like okay you know this is an activity like any other activity like reading or watching a movie it's you know it's it's not something that they there are many i, I should rephrase there are many people who who do look at it and like oh i need to battle this but then there are many people still today that don't look at it like that they just say well i'm bored so i guess i'll watch this you know or look at this just for an extracurricular activity. So I wanted to put that out there. So what I was saying there was basically I don't blame anyone for those images that because they were going through the same thing I'm going through now. So I want everybody to know that before we go too far into this. I remember one of my oaths and hopes in baptism that it was that I would no longer struggle with this. Like it would be like, like poof, gone. Okay, like Christ would just take it away. God would take it away. That that was my understanding at the time of how Jesus worked in our lives. Like when I go into the water, when I come back up, I'm not going to have that problem anymore. It's going to be gone. That didn't quite happen. While I did feel alive in Christ, this struggle in my life did not simply disappear. Although I did still struggle, this uh, this did not stop me from going growing in my faith. My growth in Porter Free Methodist was radical. I started changing the media I watched and listened to. I started going to Christian events. Covenant Hills Camp in Michigan uh, by Clio, Michigan. And Acquire the Fire are just a few, t- to name a few. Uh, these these were awesome events, and just like last week, how we were talking about uh, elevation, uh, not last week, sorry, last episode, um, we were talking about elevation churches rattle uh, premiere, how that really built me built my fire up. These were the events of my youth that really initiated that fire for God, the fire of the Holy Spirit. I I could feel that through these events. I also helped my uh, pastor. Rick Secord and Pastor Ron Frederick in the sanctuary during worship, led Sunday school classes, and even created a Bible study with their help. I was living for God not only at church, but at home, at school, and at my friends' houses. I true This was a time that I truly felt alive in God. It was right around then that I started to experience the trials of adolescence. I, I'm sure all of you listening to this, unless you're under, I doubt you're under that age of adolescence. If you are listening to this, you might be right in it. You may be a long way past it. Looking back, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about when I say trials of adolescence. We all went through something, um, whether it was you, you were suffering from a wound and you were bullying or you were on the other side of the bullying and you were being bullied. Um, and, and there's so many other things as well. But I want to express mine. The, the bond between my friends became unreliable and my self-esteem seemed to be crumbling. I experienced bullying for my figure, the way I acted, 
because I was slower than others uh, and even for my faith. I started to feel extremely uncomfortable being who I was in in front of other people, so I started to change my behavior and I started to close up and not really behave like I used to uh, openly, like just, you know, being me and being okay with that. I, I still held on to God, but I started to slowly put him in the back seat. It, and it wasn't until my senior year that I really started to open up again, my senior year in high school. While God had a huge impact by revealing to me that it didn't matter what other people thought, but what he thought of me, that I was a child of God, I began to use this revelation in a selfish way. I, I, I started seeking popularity over God. God, God gave me a revelation that I was, I was okay who I was, that it didn't matter what other people thought because I was, I was a child of God. But at the same time, I started to open up in, in different ways. I started to you know, bring myself closer to friends that I probably shouldn't have, put myself in situations that I shouldn't have. You know, I didn't always partake, but it was, it was just putting myself in this aura, this, this area, this surrounding that I should, it, it was, it was initiating temptation in my life. My overall, my, beca- my behavior uh, began to change. And though it wasn't until college that it all came crashing down. College introduced me to independence and it was like sin took over my life. I started getting involved with people and activities I shouldn't have. Uh, I was I was experiencing with drinking. I was going to inappropriate parties. I was definitely blowing off my homework, um, and I was becoming much more uh, tempted by sexual relationships. It was it was a very tough time, and and I was I was withholding temptation in certain areas. But at the same time, I was allowing myself to continue to live too close to that temptation. And again, it was just inspiration for a departure from God, um, departure from a life with God, a a strong relationship with God. So my struggles with purity became much more pronounced and I could see I was drifting away from God at a rapid rate. In my first semester of college, I failed all but one class and was placed on academic probation. Because of this, I decided to remove myself from the setting with the guidance of my parents. And deciding to commute to school did put a slow burn on my behavior. Uh, The desires were still there, but I had control over them, and when I didn't, I had my parents and church to lean on, which was really awesome. What what I should express about me having control over them, I don't know if that's the perfect way to say it because I lived in the country, and as probably many of you know, at the time of 2009, 2010, internet wasn't a huge thing in the country most of us had dial-up and I mean I'll say that we had one common computer 
one common line. So if I wanted to get on the internet, I had to sit in front of my parents, basically. Um, the computer was in the in the living room and in they we were all in the living room at the same time normally. If I was on the computer, they were watching TV, so we were all right there together. So it, there wasn't much chance for me to look up um, images and videos that would be um, enticing, um, I, I or 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 make me fall into that temptation. So that did help. Um, so when I say I had control over them. I, I should probably say more that God had control over the situation. God put me into an area where I was a, a more controlled environment. That's what I should say. So the year, the following year, I decided to take one more stab at living on campus by way of switching to a Christian university, which was Spring Arbor University. My behaviors arose out of the darkness again. Uh, I, I, I was, I, it was only a month after being there that I, I felt the temptation and I knew I had, you know, high speed again on the internet and it started happening again. Everything started coming back. Even though I was at a Christian university, I, I just want to ex- um, embrace that as well, because that is very important. I mean, these these behaviors were so uncontrollable now that I was doing it in an environment that was focused on God. Uh, so that that is one thing that I really want to express there. So yeah, I I had I felt like I had no control over this, and I I I don't think I really did. I had choice. I did have choice, and I and I do admit I am responsible for my actions. But what I'm saying is how powerful these attacks were on me I wasn't in the right place to really fight back I could try but I probably wouldn't have succeeded I found myself coming back home once again while it was beneficial to my behavior that I was experiencing once again the reason I moved home this time was because my father was sick my father acquired an illness back in 2008 a year before I graduated high school. And in 2009, this illness required him to have open heart surgery. The only problem was that he had an underlying disease that the doctors didn't see. The year was 2011 that I returned home, and it was apparent that my father's health was declining, and I needed to be with him. So I decided to move back home and spend time with him, quality time. And I'm so thankful for this time because... I got to see a complete different side of my father in that time, and I got to grow alongside my parents. in In my independent era, I was I, I attained a job. I was I, I still decided to go to school at a community college, and I felt independent. But at the same time, I was walking in my faith again alongside my parents, and I was seeing. The faith of my father which was just awesome and I can say that my decision to move back home was affirmed by God for my my life changed dramatically in that year of 2011 the summer I returned home I met the woman of my dreams Casey Hartley at the time Casey head now we fell in love 
and by summer of 2012, we were married. And I am truly blessed. Ever since we have been together, I have seen God work in my life in a completely new way. He has and still does constantly work on me through her to make me a better man. I truly understand now what it means when God says in Genesis 2.24, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. While my parents were and continue to be an extreme blessing from God, I can say through experience with Casey as my wife that God intended for man a wife to be his greatest blessing. For that is exactly what Casey is to me. And I and I'm going to get into a, a little later about the encouragement and support that she has given me and I'm so thankful for it. I just want to embrace that now too. In October of 2012, I lost my father. Uh, he passed away to the underlying disease. And while this loss was hard, for my father was someone I leaned on and looked up to spiritually and, and physically I, as a father figure, I was given peace throughout the years from God. He reassured me that my father's faith was strong and that his spirit was always with me. In 2014, I started both my Christian leadership degree through Grand Canyon University Online and youth, youth ministry at a church named Countryside United Brethren. These were two things in my life that God worked through. He not only built up my faith through these things, but shook it down, getting rid of some rust and corrosion. I'm sure some of you know what that feels like uh, when God shakes your faith down and gets all that crap out of it and says hey you, that's unnecessary let's get back to focusing on me that's what god does and it's awesome when he does it it was it was the end of 2015 that i decided to step away from youth ministry for various reasons and the main reason had to do with my struggles again re-emerging in 2015 i disclosed to my wife the extent of my struggles with pornography which had run rampant through my life. This was the step that I felt God convicting me to take. And while it has been a rough battle, I am thankful for it. For without, for without that step, the battle would have not started. And it was I was filled with fear, filled with fear during that time. But God pushed me. I had... I, I, I heard from him that day. I remember hearing from him that day. You need to tell her. You need to stop what you're doing and you need to tell her. She came home. I remember from the grocery store. She walked in. I ended up breaking down in tears and spilling it all. And it was, it was not, it's hard. I'm not, I, I don't want to encourage anybody to do that without knowing how to do that because I know that the way I did it probably wasn't the best. Um, it probably wasn't well thought out and wasn't prepared. But at the same time, you'll never be prepared for something like that, I don't think. Um, I think you should have brethren to come, come around to surround you in that time 
because that can be very tough. And, and the same with the wife. Um, I, I believe the wife should have um, women that can surround her in that time because I know that it was hard for me, but I'm sure it was more hard for her hearing that and knowing that it's been going on for a long time. That's, that's, I, I remember it, it felt like I was hurting God's creation when, when I, when I spoke it, when I, when I told her the truth. So I, I think that's one of those things I, I am thankful for it because without it, the battle wouldn't have started. But at the same time, it's a very fragile thing. And it's very, I'm thankful that God spoke to me and told me, Hey, you need to do it. But again, it's very fragile because your wife, your spouse is so important to you. I can't express that enough. And and they need to know the truth. But there are some things that will just never be joyful, you know. It you may think it's joyful in the mo- after the moment saying like, "Oh, I finally got it off my chest," you know. Um and God's finally allowed to work in my life. I've allowed God to work in my life, but it's still you always look back at it and kind of see the truth that it there wasn't a lot of joy in the moment. It was it was, it was very harsh. It was very um, filled with struggle, filled with tears, filled with sadness because not only were you expressing the hurt that you've experienced all this time through the struggles that you've had, but you're also remembering how the reaction was, how you saw, how you hurt that special person to you, that very extremely special person to you. So I want I want to remind everybody of that. While the war had been waged and I was taking steps, it wasn't until 2000, 2017 that I found Midland Free Methodist where Pastor Gene LaForge invited me out to coffee. Pastor Gene LaForge, oh, awesome. Um, I remember... I remember arriving at Midland Free Methodist and just feeling like this is home. That we had been searching for churches for a long time, and it was just like we walked in, and everything about it just said, "This is it. This is your home. This is your family. This is going to be the place you're going to be going for a long time." And Pastor Gene LaForge, he he was so open, and he was so encouraging. And the first thing I remember. The biggest thing I remember of that first time was, is like, hey, let's get coffee sometime. Uh, so he invited me out to coffee, and I, I went and got coffee. And I was, I was in the middle of a struggle in my life at the time, and I was still struggling with, um, with that battle that I was, um, that that I was embarking on. But he invited me, and I decided to disclose to him the sinful desires. I struggled with the most of my life and that I wanted help. It was an awesome experience. I got, again, a God leading. God was saying, you got to do this. This is the first thing you need to discuss with them. You just need to put it out on the table. And God took all the fear away. Like I, I, I don't even remember really having a hesitation between, you know, the, the regular conversation of, hey, who are you? What do you do? And then all of a sudden it just hopped into, hey, by the way, I struggle with pornography and I have pretty much all of my life and I want help. I don't know 
how to go about this. I've sought help in many different ways, but I'm coming to you now. It was, it felt easy and he was so awesome about it. He immediately, he recommended me to enroll in a small group called the Conquer Series, which focuses on sexual purity for men. Um, It was at that moment that I knew that I would overcome my struggle with lust and pornography. There was just something about it. I had been, I had been battling for a long time uh, by myself, reaching out to others. And, and that was all helpful because it all got me to this point, right? It all prepared me for this point. We all take baby steps. We all, we all get there slowly, but it all brought me to this moment. And this moment was like, holy smokes, this is it. I know this is it because he's offering a tool that is prepared and there is a weapon against this and he knows what it is. So I immediately, I signed up. Okay. I, I was like, yep, sign me up. We got to do this. I have now taken the Conquer Series small group three times and one of those times being a co-leader. And I can just say that each time I've had a revelation of myself and how God works in my life, how God has worked in my life, I've had a re- revelation each time learning new wounds in my life that are that may be causing me to to seek out this type of desire. Um, and I've also learned battle plans, um, ways ways to fight it, ways to st- strategically fight it. And that's exactly. That's, that is one of the most important things because we need to, like what, what I learned in this class through the three times of going through it was that the devil is strategic. If you played him in a game of chess, you better be one of the best chess player players in the world, okay? It's, it's not like that song, the devil went down to Georgia. I'm sorry, like honestly, I'm sure the devil would have smoked Johnny or whatever his name is, okay. He <laughs> he's he's not no dumb dumb puppy, okay. He he knows what he's doing. And he knows how to manipulate you. In fact, maybe that song's about manipulation because maybe Johnny thought he won, but honestly, the devil was just making him think that he won because he was cu- he he was cutting the throat later. He was just he was. What do they call that when when you when you fool somebody? make somebody think you don't know what you're doing like in a poker game and then the next game you just sweep the table. Yeah, that's that's what the devil was doing that in that song. That was that was a game, okay? That was a game. Johnny thought he won. The devil was coming back strategic, okay? He was being strategic. That is exactly what this class taught me. And it taught me that we need to be strategic back. We need to look to the Lord, we need to look to God, and we need to plan, we need to prepare. Because this battle is not something that we can do just willy-nilly. I, I think I've said willy-nilly a few times in this pod, in this episode. So uh, there you go. There's, there's something that you can take throughout the week. No. But seriously, we can't do this battle spontaneously. Just doing it however we want to do it. Whenever, you know, the attacks come saying, well, I'll deal with it when it happens. No. That's not how it works. This battle needs to be prepared needs to be planned out. What are you going to do to know 
that the attack is coming. Just like how you, how we know how we have tools to tell us that storms are coming, okay? Just like how the news tells us, you know, a good amount of time before a tornado hits, okay? If we just deal with the tornado when it hits, well, I I'm pretty sure it's going to be like Twister, okay? We're we're going to be like Bill Paxton and and in the in that barn, you know, hooked to whatever it was that piece of iron just looking up wow wow i'm in the storm you know trust me you don't you don't get time to hook up to a what a leather belt and a and a stinking whatever it was maybe you know what it is but like like some kind of stable iron stable okay you don't get time to do that and if you did it probably wouldn't help so what i'm saying is you need to have a battle plan in place and this class taught me that this class taught me that and and through this class god has worked leaps and bounds within me a few men in this class and in the church have come alongside me i'd love to say their names but um i haven't gotten permission from them yet and and hopefully i can bring them later on the show and and just kind of dig into into their lives a little bit and see um Maybe we'll pull them on for an interview or something later. But they have come alongside me in my battle. And they continue to give me encouragement and support along along with the awesome support of my wife. They, they have just shown me so much. And my wife continues to support and encourage me in this battle through, through everything. And, and through all of that, all of that, and, and my pastor and everything, and God... And my parents, they have encouraged me so much that last fall, I, I took the leap. I decided to start taking counseling. It, I remember the first thought I had about maybe I should go to counseling. It, I, I think I was in you know late high school or something like that because I, it, was, it was something I knew. Like, it keeps happening. I keep doing it. I keep falling. Why, why can't I stop this? And I thought about it, but I was like, no, I'm never going to be that person who goes to counseling, uh, goes to get a psych or, or, or whatever, you know. I took the leap. I said, you know, I have to. This is, this is a logical step. This is, this is a strategic step. And I ended up taking counseling. And my, my counselor, he speaks truth into my life every other week, which seems to spread throughout my life. He... He focuses on the Word of God, and it has just been a blessing because every time I go there and I share something different, he answers it with the Word of God, and it's so powerful to have that in my life, just God's Word speaking through me. My counselor would reveal scripture to me that I had already heard, and at the beginning, it was kind of one of those situations where I'd hear it and be like, yep, okay, I know that, and I'd want to puff my chest and say, yes, I know that scripture from such and such passage and I know exactly what it means. It means this and I try to be so theological and it's like why? Why am I doing this? And it was, but that was a revelation for me. Uh, God revealed to me that I needed to stop puffing my chest and I not stop I needed to stop seeing, being so prideful and selfish and I needed to open up and hear what this counselor had to say. And it has helped me learn that even though I may hear a passage again and again and again, maybe 
God is sending that passage to me again and again and again for a reason. Maybe I'm closing my mind every time I hear it. Maybe I need to open my mind and actually say like, okay, what does this passage mean? What does this mean in my life? And as soon as I started doing that with my counselor, hearing what he had to say, listening to what he had to say, opening my mind up, my heart up, my soul up, and accepting what he had to say and really thinking through it, digging into it, it was like, oh, wow, yes, you know, I did need to hear that. He reminded me of that because if I was in the battle, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be hearing that unless I heard him say it and I listened to him say it and I held on to it throughout my weeks. That's what it is. That's what counseling does for me. And he is, speak, like I said, speaking truth into my life. And it is so helpful. Going back to that whole measure, speaking the truth in love. That's exactly what my counselor does for me. So I'm very thankful for that. It is helping me very much. I'm still battling with my sinful desires. But I can truly say I'm making advances that I never thought I would. As you can see through throughout these, I never thought I would go to counseling. I never thought I would speak out about my issues. I mean, who wants to speak to their pastor about um, struggling with um, pornography and masturbation? Nobody wants to do that, okay? But I did that, and that is a step that I never thought I would take. I'm making advances that I never thought I would, okay? That is exactly what that's about, and I'm so thankful. And that is all to the glory of God because he has given me the power to do that through each and every situation, through each and every step of the way. He has worked in my life. He has worked in, in my life up until now and continues to do so to reveal to me what I need to do next. And he encourages me, if even if it's not a big step, he encourages me to take a small step. And when I do, boom. And when I don't, guess what? He's still acting. He's saying, that's okay, my son, you know, you, you failed, um, you failed in that step, but I still embrace you and I'm still encouraging you to take that step next time. The next time I tell you to take that step, you need to take that step. And even if we fail over and over and over again, as long as we're focused on him and we listen to him, we will know that he is still telling us each time, still embracing us and encouraging us to take that step. He never walks away. So that is what I want to say there. It is all to the glory of God that I have made these advances in my life because he has given me the power all the way. God has moved and continues to move in my life in so many ways. I'm battling my desires. My marriage is flourishing. I'm surrounding myself with Christian brethren, becoming more involved in church, learning to lead in a godly way, um, in, in various in various places in in life church work and social media um, in in secular places as well as Christian places okay it's it's amazing what God is teaching me right now and I'm so thankful for it I'm learning to listen to God more and be more obedient and be more open with him in not just in in conversation but in prayer um, you know reminding myself I need to pray. You know, not just not just when I think I need to pray, but every day, every day, God, God wants a constant conversation with us. 
constant connection. So that is what he's helping me do. Be more open with my prayers to him. And I feel so blessed to have those in my life who continue to lead and support me in my faith. And and I know that that goes right back to the glory of God and the power that he's given me because it's through, it's not just him directly doing it, but it's through other people as well. All the people who have impacted my life. I know that he has worked through them to impact me. And I am thankful for that. I'm thankful for those people and I'm thankful that God worked through them and I'm thankful that they were open to allow God to work through them. One verse I want to share with you regarding how God has brought me through so much in my life and how thankful I am for that is John 9.3, which says, This happened so that the work of God might be displayed in my life, in your life. That's the NIV. This verse says so much because we look back in our life and sometimes we'll see the bad things, not the good things. I actually, you know, going back and and writing the spiritual autobiography, my testimony, I had to think hard about how God worked in my life, how he lifted me up, not how I was torn down by the devil, because that's, that's how it happens sometimes. That's how the devil attacks us is that he'll take control of our memory, or try to at least, and try to help make us focus on the negative things rather than the positive things. Make us think, did we, did we ever have faith in God? But by focusing on God and asking God to help me remember the good things, the places where he lifted me up, where he inspired me, where he built my faith, by asking him that, he showed me. He showed me those positive times, those times where I felt alive in God, where I felt on fire for God, not just the times that I was falling or being hurt, but how God lift me, lifted me out of those times, how God prepared me for those times, how God led me out of those times, led me through those times, brought good out of the bad we can it's easy to think of a bad time but try thinking of how god brought good out of the bad it may be hard at first but if you ask him he will show you because you you have to look exactly where you're at and you have to say you know even if you might be in a bad place right now you have to look back and you have to ask yourself like but there's got to be good and there is there absolutely is i see this is just a, a a specific example, but in my life, I know that through pornography addiction, um, you know, continuing to dive into it, continuing that that was my choice. I chose to do that, even when I was addicted. That was still I was responsible for my decisions. I chose to do that, and when I continue to choose to do that, that is a bad place in my life. But God was still there and God was still working in it. And God continued to work through my life to bring me to the place I'm at now. Yeah, I still struggle with it. I still have desires. I still, you know, thoughts pop into my mind and I have to fight it. But 
God is through it all. And, and I'm at a place now that I never thought I would be. I'm like just speaking this on an episode of a podcast that I host is an extreme blessing. I'm, I, I feel beyond blessed to do this, to share this with all of you. I, you know, I hope you know, I, I hope you all know that I'm not trying to be selfish by saying my story is better than any others. I'm not doing that. What I'm trying to do is tell you the truth of my life in love so that we may come in unity and we all may share our stories with one another, how God has worked in our lives. Because I believe that God is working through all of your lives, every single one of your lives. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that and I'm thankful that he's working through my life. So that is what I wanted to share with John 9.3, that this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in my in my life, which he was referring to about the blind man when the disciples asked, "Who who sinned that this man should be bl- that this man should be blind?" And and was why I previously told you I don't blame anybody for those first pornographic images that I saw. No man sinned that I came addicted, that I became addicted. It was nobody's fault that I became addicted. It was my own fault. I didn't walk away from it. I didn't say, e- mm, I shouldn't, you know. I When I even, maybe I didn't know better. Like, okay, I don't fully remember whether or not I remember, like, knowing better at the time. But I know there was a time that I did know better. And I didn't walk away from it then. So that was my choice. I was responsible for that decision. So I want you all to know that no matter what, the wounds in your life and stuff like that is, you know, nobody sinned that you are the way you are. You know, that's not an accident. You know, that's that's not, I shouldn't say that's not an accident because God isn't planning for you to be burdened with wounds and things like that. That is the devil working through the world. But don't think that you're broken because of it. Because God is going to use those things in your life to make you different than everybody else. God is going to use your exact moments to build you up. To make your faith unique. Just like he does everybody else. Just like he does me. Okay? My faith is unique. And when we speak the truth... In love, when we speak how God has worked in our lives, then we come in unity with all that uniqueness and we become a body. And that's what it's all about. And that's why I wanted to share my testimony with you today, um, which is, you know, I'm so thankful to be able to do. One last verse I want to share with you before we leave today. And that is Romans 8.28. And I want you all to remember this. Because this applies to every single one of your lives. No matter if you're going through struggles, trials, or successes, um, or ups or downs, you know. If you're strong with God or you're weak with God, doesn't matter. It says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. He has a purpose for you. Okay? Whether you're going through bad or good, God is still working through all of that, working all of that to just promote the purpose that he has for you. 
don't think he's not there because he is. He is very much there. So that is what I encourage you to do. That is the challenge for this week um, up until our next episode is to focus on God. Focus on God and, and maybe look at your testimony. Maybe take a look at your testimony and take a look, a good hard look at where you see God moving in your life, where you have seen God move in your life. Not just the good times, but the bad times too. Take a good hard look at those bad times, not just what the devil wants to see, not just what the devil wants you to see, but what God wants you to see. I want, I want you to take a good hard look at those because God is waiting to reveal that he has been victorious through that, that he has made you victorious through those bad things, through those trials in your life. Even if you may not know it yet, even if you're blind to it, pray to him and ask him, show me God, show me where you have lifted me up and carried me. That is that is what it's all about. So that is my encouragement, my challenge to you. Find your testimony, share it with others. That is what this channel is about, the whole measure. It's not just, I, I want, again, I want to embrace this. The whole measure is focused on that verse, but the play on it is we need to find our whole measure before we can find the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Because Christ is in us. He is working in us. And the whole measure is the truth that he is. And and the whole measure is finding the truth that he has been in those specific places. So find those places. Dig into your life. Dig into the bad times. Dig into the good times. Dig into where God is working in, through, and on you. So go look at those times. Explore your life. Explore God. Focus on Him. I love you all. Thank you for watching this episode. Watching. Well, I mean, maybe you're watching the the screen of Spotify or wherever you're listening to this at. Listening to this episode. Thank you. I appreciate it. I am so thankful for all of you. Um, You're a blessing to me. Um, a lot of you have impacted my life who have, who are listening to this, have had a direct impact on my life, but I want every one of you to know if I don't even know you, if I can't even see you, if I haven't met you, you have had an impact on my life as well because you are embracing this journey of the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So be a part of that. Be a part of the whole measure. Be a part of sharing the truth in love. God bless. I love you all. If any of you would like to know more about my testimony or have any questions, I encourage all of you to contact me through either my email, Facebook, Instagram, or even Twitter. And I will put those links down in the description of this episode. Again, I appreciate your listening to this episode and I appreciate your support of the whole measure. Thank you. Thank you.